Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to a series on starting things, and this is episode three. You may want to go back and listen to episode one and two. I don't know. Episode three will be great. I thought those were great, too. So episode three, we're still talking about if you want to be the starter, if you want to be a starter, a good starter, uh, you need to be good at stopping, right? And how important it is to get good at stopping. And one of the things, so we're now going to talk a little bit about uh, what holds us back from stopping, right? Another way to put this is what holds us back from saying no. And what I've found is, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons like fear of missing out and this could be the thing and I've got to do everything that comes my way. And to be honest, there probably is an element of that, particularly early in our all of our careers or at different phases in our career, that might be might be the best way to say it, different phases in our career, we may need to say yes to everything that comes our way. I, I, I don't know. I know I did, and I I lately have been saying, I, like, I regret it. I wish I would have been a little more selective, but I don't know that that's true. Right? I, I don't know that I had the benefit of doing that. So whatever. You, during phases in our career, we may need to say yes to everything that comes our way, but there gets to be a point where we absolutely have to say no to certain things. And there's an element of fear to saying no, there's there's two things I want to talk about about saying no. One is this element of fear, and I do think it's a little bit of sort of the fear of missing out, but it's a slightly different strain. It's sort of the fear of like if I don't take every single project that comes my way, I'll never be heard from again, and I should crawl under a rock and die, <laughs> right? If I don't respond to every tweet, if I don't if I don't do every podcast that anybody ever invites me on as a guest, if I don't write every single guest post that somebody asked for, I'll never ever make it in this world. And and that that fear first of all we should ne I and I'm trying to be careful again, I'm trying not to say you. I am trying to learn that I shouldn't ever do anything barring some sort of life saving <laughs> life saving evasive move, right? I should never do anything out of fear. Ever do anything out of fear. So if if we're at if you're at a phase in your career where you feel like you need to take every single opportunity that comes your way, that's totally fine. Do it on purpose. Be aware of it. And this I can speak to. This I do wish I had done better. Instead of being addicted to the need, the fear that if you don't do everything, you're gonna you might as well crawl under a rock and die, right? You instead say, I'm at the point in my career where I'm going to take every opportunity that comes my way. I'm going to hustle, right? Now, we've talked about that word. We're going to hustle and rest, hustle and rest, not just hustle, 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 but we're going to hustle and take every single opportunity that ever comes our way. That's fine. You know, that may be fine. It may be needed at some point in a career. I'm just saying do it on purpose. Don't do it out of fear. Okay, so that's one now, here's the reason you don't do it out of fear, is that fear becomes habitual, and it has in my life. It's really hard for me to say no now, and I, I can. In fact, I'm finding that saying no actually leads to much bigger yeses, and that's a little secret that we may have to talk about another time, that maybe there's no phase in our career where we should just be saying yes. Maybe we need to be focused on saying no so that we can devote the energy to a much bigger yes. But again, that's a that's a side note here. The reason we don't want to say yes out of fear of saying no is because that becomes habitual. And, and that's happened to me where I'm trying to unwind that right now. 
where I need to learn that, you know what, if I say no to that project, I'm not going to die. In fact, like I said, I found the opposite to be true, but I'm at the very least, I'm not going to die. Right? My family's not going to starve. We're not going to be homeless tomorrow. Right? So unwrapping that fear, that's why I'm suggesting to you humbly that even if you are going to say yes to everything that comes your way, do it on purpose and in a healthy way so that you don't become habitually addicted to that fear of saying no like I have been and have been working on unwinding it. And it's amazing. like The feeling of unwinding, it's amazing. It's painful, but it's it's been amazing. So that's the first reason why saying no, getting good at stopping is important. And, and sorry, the first reason why saying no can often, why stopping things can often be hard. The, the second reason is really fascinating to me. Uh, this is one of my favorite insights recently, is that there is a sunk cost fallacy on your own ideas. Isn't that fascinating? It's a sort of a smash-up of the two sides of my life, the finance side and the creativity side. Sunk cost, let me just explain that real quickly, is the idea, sunk cost is... The idea that once you've sort of, if taken from a financial perspective, once you've sort of invested in something, and that may be, in this case, we're just going to talk about it being money, right? If I have, uh, I'm trying to think of an example recently. Let's say I'm going to, I'm thinking that I want to build a house, and I buy a, a lot, a piece of property to build a house on, and I go spend the money on architectural plans to have them drawn up. And let's just say I spent, I, architectural plans are really expensive, but I'm just going to use a number. Let's say that I spent $10,000. So I, that $10,000 is now an expense that I've spent on building the house. Now let's say you know you don't build the house for a little while, and you come back a year later and you decide, I don't want to build this house. You know what, we don't want to build this house. We're just going to buy the house up the street. Now, the sunk cost problem would come into play. The fallacy would come into play that, uh, wait, we can't do that. We spent $10,000 on architectural plans. We have to build the house. And it's really easy to understand sunk cost when you think like, well, one of the important things of sunk cost is that doesn't matter, right? You had already spent the money. Whether you build the house or don't build the house, it's a sunk cost. Here's another example. Let's say you're really convinced that you want to go to Disneyland. And you spend, I don't know, how much does it cost? I'm just going to guess. Let's say it costs $250. Let's say it costs $100 per per person to spend the day at Disneyland, which I know it doesn't, but it costs more. Like, let's say it costs $100 just for the tickets to go to Disneyland. And those tickets are good from, like, park open to park close. And let's just say that that's 12 hours. And you go and you're three hours into it and you find that you're not having fun anymore. Can anybody relate? Can I get an amen? <laughs> three hours, like people are grumpy, they're tired, they don't want to be there anymore. They just want to go back to the pool at the hotel and swim in the pool and relax and take a nap. The sunk cost fallacy would say, no, we can't leave. We paid $100 a person. We've got to stay and you've got to grit your teeth and just enjoy it. Right? Like that would be part of that would be another way of thinking of sunk cost. Instead you could say, wait, we spent the hundred dollars 
regardless of whether we stay or not. Whether we stay or not, the $100 is gone. It's a sunk cost. We're not getting it back. Therefore, it should not play into our decision-making. Okay, so now we've explained sunk cost a little bit. Now think of it in terms of ideas. Right? You've got this new idea, this thing that you want to start, and you're super jazzed about it, and therefore you invest in it. Right? And even if that investment is just emotional energy and time that you've worked on, but often it might be even a little expense. Like maybe you buy a new domain name or, or you hire a graphic designer to lay out the white paper you wrote or the book you're working on. or you know, It may actually be dollars, but it certainly will be energy and emotion and time that you've invested in this idea. And then you think, I got to carry this idea through it's a sunk, or else because I've already invested. Right? I've already invested all this time in this. So don't get caught up in the sunk cost fallacy of your own ideas. The fact that you invested the time and the energy, maybe even a little bit of money in that idea, is totally irrelevant in terms of whether or not you should continue with that idea. If the idea is good, continue. If the idea is bad and needs to be killed or stopped, don't get stuck in the sunk cost fallacy of your own ideas. Love that. Tell me if you like that. Like, I was really excited about that. So that wraps up this episode on the on starting things. And that was episode number three in this series. And we will continue the series. As always, I want you to know I love having conversations on email. So shoot me an email. I love hearing from you. I read every single one of them. Um, they're super helpful and I try to reply. In fact, I'm up to date. I reply to all of them. It's hello at behaviorgap.com. Hello at behaviorgap.com. And for the growing number of you who are international or outside the U.S. at least, behavior is spelled without a U. (laughs) It's just B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R in the United States. So, don't spell it with a U just so it'll get to me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just the way it is. (laughs) So hello at behaviorgap.com. Hope to hear from you soon and wraps up episode three.